You're listening to The Philip Jordan Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Philip Jordan Show right here on Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Philip Jordan, in-studio host and producer of Nothing Wants Football on 96.9, The Legend. Got a fun show playing for you guys today on this Thursday. I'm going to be joined by Sporting News National College Football writer Bill Bender. We're going to get his thoughts on the rankings, and then uh, we'll break down. We actually kind of – it was not planned to go this way, but the conversation led us to this direction. We go a little bit uh, in depth, in depth, uh, if I can talk uh, in detail. Let's go that way. Uh, we will talk about Alabama, Michigan, kind of look at that matchup and look a little bit at the Texas Washington matchup as well. Uh, get Bill's thoughts on the four guys with the Heisman Trophy, especially Jaden Daniels. With that, it uh, got a surprise question for Bill toward the end. We uh, we have a uh, we share a favorite pro football team, so. I threw a little question there at Bill at the end. And then uh, I'll get my thoughts on who I think should win the Heisman. And then I will just kind of go over some news around college football in the Southeast, uh, some interesting stuff uh, to close out the show. But before we do all that, let you guys know you can find me in the podcast. Find me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. The podcast is available over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. You can find a podcast on Apple Podcasts, of course, and please Follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can also email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Joining me on today's show is Bill Bender, national writer over at Sporting News. And, uh, Bill, I appreciate you coming on the show once again. Hey, Philip. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, I was kind of wondering, what are we going to talk about? Is anything you know big going on in college football? Uh, just uh, you know, before we get into the big stuff, the college football playoff and everything, just we've got a- out of the conference championship weekend. We know what the playoff are. I know this week we have the uh, Army Navy. The transfer portal is on fire this week too, as well. But just you know, for you as somebody who's been doing this week and week out, is this kind of like that one week before we get into the bowls where you kind of can take a little bit of a breather? Trying to, uh, you know, we'll have our all American stuff. We have some Heisman pieces and it shoots right into the bowl game. So yeah. I mean, and the portal, of course, the portal activity is through the charts, uh, through the roof, not through the charts. I don't know what that means, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it was a wild season. I always kind of compare it to you have a hundred days from that first Thursday until I made the committee makes their selections and it's a rush for a hundred days. And, just trying to land the, the airplane a little bit in my house. Uh, it was a very fun season, but a very busy season, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I know everybody that, you know, 10 years ago thought, man, I want to cover college football. Didn't think they was going to get a piece of what the NFL riders get you know, with free agency because that's basically what the transfer portals turned into. It really has. And, you know, none more than the quarterback position, just like the NFL, where we pay so much attention to quarterback and with good reason. I mean, you look at the number of injuries at that position this season. It's been wild. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, the latest one to suffer an injury last night. Um, And in college, it's almost like these quarterbacks are on one year rentals now. Mm -hmm. I think that guy's like DJ Uangalele, third school in three years. Uh, Cam Ward, third school in four years. And they're coveted. So, yeah, it's definitely become a huge part of the game. 
You know, it just obviously, and I'm sure you've been asked this question thousands of times this week, but uh, the college football playoff committee, you know, obviously everybody, everybody knows the four, I mean, but uh, do you think they got it right? The way that I, it's being couched to me now is, and I this phrase gets used a lot on the internet, two things can be true. So they got it wrong, in my opinion, because they didn't put Florida State in. Uh, Florida State did everything they were supposed to do, undefeated, won the ACC. And it really became the hard part about this for me is this became about a quarterback that got hurt. And that's the reason why. We can dance around it all you want, Philip, but they, they left him out because Jordan Travis is hurt. Mm-hmm. So uh, but did they get it right from an entertainment, entertainment standpoint? Yes. Michigan-Alabama is going to draw absurd TV numbers. Uh, Texas-Washington will be – a lot of fun for the NFL writers because you got two NFL quarterbacks in that game. Yeah, you know, it is. I, I've been mixed on it because in, where I'm at in Dothan, we're like an hour, hour and a half away from Tallahassee. So I, I, I'm friends with a lot of people that, that are Florida State fans. And you need to just look at that side of things. And you're right, the entertainment value would probably without Jordan Travis, you know, they wouldn't stand much of a chance against Michigan. I mean, you never know. That's why they play the game. But still, you know, on that side of things, just, you know, the, feeling for those players that fan base and just the job that Mike Norvell's done these last two weeks to win with your second and your third string quarterback. Yeah, and the fact that we could have a split national championship. I mean, what are we doing? That's that's another thing to keep in mind. So I, I think Florida State obviously uh has that argument and that they uh they just gotta live with this decision. I also believe and we talked about this, that if we were still in a four-team playoff next year, so follow me on this, I think they would have taken Florida State because they didn't take Florida State, and now they can just point to, well, that problem will be fixed next year. So it's like they only they already solved their own problem by just pointing to a 12-team playoff, and it made it a little easier to kind of job Florida State in this situation. I really think that's part of it, too. Yeah, and I've thought about that because if they do it, if they if we had still the four team next year and they done this, there'd be out you know be there's outrage now from people, but there definitely would be then. And they'll say, well, we got to change something. Well, there is change coming. Twelve teams, so you you really right. they really had no consequences at this, really. No, they didn't. And obviously, uh, other than you know the outrage that we're going to feel, and as I wrote for us at Sporting News, that'll be forgotten on January first. They'll give that we'll watch these highly anticipated games. Like I said, Alabama at Michigan in the Rose versus Michigan in the Rose Bowl, it doesn't get much bigger than that. I mean, those are two classic uniforms, two teams that are going to try to control the line of scrimmage, you know, not to mention Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban on the, probably the two most popular, but polarizing coaches other than Deion Sanders in college football are Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh, the two biggest personalities without a doubt, other than Deion, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, it, it just and it did. I mean, I don't know how much you can read into it when uh, they showed all, obviously on ESPN when Michigan found out who they were playing. Uh, not as much excitement. It didn't seem. Uh, do you read too much into that, or Michigan kind of saying, "Oh no, we got to deal with Alabama"? Well, I mean, it's probably oh no, we got to deal with that. I mean, you're dealing with the most talented, typically the most talented team in the country, other than Georgia. I mean, what's at stake for Michigan? Third straight playoff appearance. Um, I was comparing them to the Oilers in the nineties a little bit about how they get to the playoff, but then, you know, and now you get the ultimate test. So I think 
Michigan privately, when you, I always talk about truth serum, their truth serum was they probably wanted Florida State to go because they probably feel like they could win that game against that Florida off, Florida State offense. They they still feel like they can beat Alabama, no doubt, but that's a, that's a little bit of a tougher challenge, and that tells you all you need to know about whether or not the committee got it right from a competitive standpoint. You know, and, and, and I did want to get your thoughts, you know, we're weeks away from these two matches, but that one in particular, because looking at Michigan and Alabama, and like you talked about physical, both teams want to play physical up front. You know, saw what Alabama did against Georgia, uh, sh- shutting them down to 78 yards rushing in that one. But for, you know, you look at Michigan, just really haven't probably played anybody like a Jalen Milrow, just that aspect of the game. Uh, it's going to be a test for their defense. I mean, no doubt. Uh, they, they did play, I mean, probably the closest thing they played to Jalen Milrow this year was, Talia Tungvaloa, and he doesn't. I mean, Big Ten quarterbacks don't run, so um, it will be a tremendous challenge because this is an experienced Michigan defense with a lot of really good secondary, two really good players in the secondary, and Will Johnson, and uh, uh, and then their interior defense is very good. So that's where I'm most. What I'm most interested in watching in this game: how's Michigan's interior defense fare against an Alabama offensive line? That really hasn't ran the ball all that great all season. And on the other side, Michigan, a little bit beat up on the offensive line at the end of the year. How did they do against a, uh, a really good um, Alabama defense led by Dallas Turner and an improved defense that isn't making nearly as many mistakes with uh, that, that secondary? It'll be a fun game, man. That one that I feel like is going to be 24-21 either way. Yeah, and, and and as we're talking, and I really until we we started talking, I didn't really think about this part of the game coming uh, too. But you know, kind of like Georgia, Alabama, we know Nick Saban defense has kind of had issues with mobile quarterbacks. I know JJ McCarthy; that's one an element of his game that can be used. I know we're looking at the Auburn game. Peyton Thorn ran for a lot of yards on the Alabama defense. I mean, of course, we know what Jay Daniels did. But do you kind of see that part too? Michigan kind of look at that. So okay, we can use our quarterback maybe more than we have had to in the run game too. I think he'll, he'll, his ability to extend plays is definitely a factor. And, you know, Michigan will probably favor a conservative game plan early. They are that I want to see how their receivers do against Alabama. You know, when the mm-hmm. Big Ten team get against SEC teams, it's, well, oh, we've been doing this. I'm a Big Ten guy. We've been doing this forever, right? Like, what mm-hmm. are you, when the Big Ten team goes against the SEC team, you're like, probably a little bit slower, maybe plotting, but maybe they can win the line of scrimmage. And with the SEC teams, it's, you know, they have the power on the perimeter on both sides. So to me, that's another the stereotype, so to speak. But for Michigan, it's very real. I want to see if their receivers and tight ends can actually challenge this Alabama secondary. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, I, with all the controversial stuff aside, I mean, getting these two, like, and like you said, the, the, just the, seeing those two uniforms on the field at the Rose Bowl is going to be a pretty awesome sight, though. Yes. Um, here, so yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, classic uniform matchup. Um, really good game at the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. I, I hate it when people complain about the Rose Bowl. It's the best venue. It's see what me the Rose Bowl is to me. What probably the Sugar Bowl is to you guys down there. And it, it'll be fun. I think it's a classic setup. Any and when you have those just unbelievable college football games. Um, Texas USC, mm-hmm. some others at the Rose Bowl in my lifetime. 
it's even better when it happens out there in Pasadena. Should be awesome. So the other matchup, Texas and Washington, uh, two teams that are, I guess in a sense we can say this is an SEC Big Ten uh, playoff with those two going to their conferences next year, but I uh, don't want to poke the bear on that one. But just with this match, of course, I think everybody's going to talk about the quarterbacks, Penix and then Quinn Ewers, but other than outside the quarterbacks, what sticks out to you with that matchup? Well, I mean, the the running game, which team gets it going? Can Washington get that running game going with Dylan Johnson, which it did against Oregon? If it does against Texas, uh, they're going to win the game. Texas's run defense has been pretty amazing in the in the last little stretch of the season. So looking forward to seeing that. I mean, good quarterback play. I mean, I hate to answer it with the quarterbacks, but Penix and Ewers have been amazing. I had to look this up. Ewers actually had a little bit of higher passer rating than than Penix did this season. And Texas has played well. I, I do think the Longhorns have a really tremendous opportunity here. If they win this game, they get to play a national championship game in their home state in Houston. And all those Texas's back jokes, those are going out the door because this team, they're outstanding. So it's okay to bring back the Joe Testator sound, uh, Texas is back? <laughs> I mean... I'm cool with it. I, I was kind of clued in. Uh, I think we talked in the preseason. I said I liked them. I, I, I didn't say – I thought they would win the Big 12 without making the playoff. And, you know, so they took that next step by making the playoff. They played pretty dominant football in the final month of the season. They survived injuries to Jonathan Brooks and Quinn Ewers, which shows the depth. And I think we're headed toward a rematch with Alabama, which for the SEC will be the ultimate you know, one-week infomercial Look what we got. We got to basically get another championship game with a team in your conference and a team coming to your conference. Hey, if SEC wants to spin it, they can say our two uh, SEC champions will be playing each other since you know Texas with that Big Twelve championship. Um, and then they could then they could add that the third one beat Florida State if that happens. So yeah, they're, they're, the SEC has a really big chance to flex here. Yes, very much. They, they take every opportunity to do so. Uh, they could flex this weekend, too, with the Heisman Trophy course with a Bo Nix, former Auburn quarterback course, obviously last year. Oregon, tremendous way he's developed as a passer has been amazing. And then you've got Michael Penix at Washington. Jay Downs, LSU, of course, wide receiver out of Ohio State, Marvin Harrison. Does, I, don't, I don't ask you to say predict who's going to win the Heisman, but who do you think is the front runner for this weekend? Well, I mean, Daniels is the odds-on favorite. I submitted my vote. I'm not allowed to reveal who that is. The Heisman is very secretive about that. But I can say that the field features four very interesting candidates. Jaden Daniels, probably the statistical guy. Michael Penix being the guy that is on the best team, the only guy playing in the playoffs. Uh, Marvin Harrison, the best player at his position. So there's competition. Roma Dunze and uh, Malik Neighbors had big years. And Bo Nix, obviously, one of the best stories. You know, career-long story, going from Auburn to here and being the pilot of that hyper-efficient offense at Oregon. I think all four guys have a case. Daniels is the betting favorite with a reason. I mean, his numbers are pretty ridiculous. They are comparable to when Lamar Jackson won the Heisman in 2016. It's just amazing to think how good LSU would have been this year had they just had an average defense. Not great, not good, just average. Right. Uh, You know, it it really is. And, uh, uh... you know, missed opportunity for them. Obviously, Daniels got hurt in the Alabama game, but he played well against ranked teams. So you can't say some of it is did he pile up stats against some inferior competition? Sure. You know, the eight touchdown game against Georgia State, I understand that. But if you go look at 
how he played against Florida State and Alabama and LSU in those losses. I think the defense allowed more than 40 points per game total. And uh, you can't blame Jaden Daniels. He probably actually kept those guys in those games. All right, my final question, and uh, this is a surprise question. I didn't uh, tell you I was going to ask you, but I think you'll enjoy this question, Bill, uh, because we have a mutual fandom in the Green Bay Packers. I know you're a Packers fan. I, I'm one as well. So I want to close up with this question. Uh, did the Packers win the trade with the Jets? Um, not yeah, Yeah, I will say yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, because Jordan Love and this team, I look, when Aaron Rodgers was traded, I, was, I wasn't like – I wasn't like down in the dumps like when Favre left. So it's there is some excitement around Jordan Love. I knew there were going to be ups and downs. I still think they're going to be ups and downs. Uh, but if they take care of business with this young and exciting team to watch, and they have some young studs on that team, um, they're going to be fine. And Jordan Love is going to be just fine. He may make his playoff debut this year, which I don't think anybody anticipated. And uh, that would make me happy. So I. The, the game Sunday was as excited as I've been about being a Packers fan in a very long time. That was a huge win against Kansas City. Yeah, just to imagine where they were three weeks ago. They, no one would have even thought they would be where they're at now. So Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And, and beating Detroit. And no, Are they ready for a Super Bowl yet? No. But, you know, you can build around Jordan Love and these young receivers. I was, like I said, super excited. And I look for them to – you know, as you know, being a Packer fan, you can look at the next five games and be like, hey, they're winning all five of those. They'll lose one or two. But I still think they could squeak into the playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I predicted before the season started uh, um, that they would make the playoffs, and I was worried, but now I'm kind of feeling a lot better about that prediction. So it'll be fun and uh, to see how they do the rest of the way. And, uh, Bill, it's been fun. I just had to throw that Packer question there at you at the end. But uh, if the listeners and viewers want to check it out, where can they find you and all the work you're doing? Yeah, I'm at BillBender92 at SportingNews.com, and just plowing through it. You know, we'll have our All-American Team Player of the Year, Coach of the Year next week, and we've got a lot of good, talented riders getting ready for the college football playoff. All right, sounds good. Everybody go check Bill out. Go check out the Sporting News. And, uh, Bill, appreciate the time, and I look forward to talking again sometime down the road. Hey, no problem. Thank you. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m., and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America at night and coast to coast am keep you company and connected throughout the night plus fox news the alabama radio network and wiregrass daily news keep you informed with national international state and local news and with more musical choices like all the hits 1067 kmx today's country 95.5 wtvy and music 1077 digio strategies gives you more choices and more variety listen on air online and on our apps 96.9 the legend is just the beginning all right and thanks again to bill bender for being on the show i uh, always enjoy it when i have bill on we had a fun conversation there and as you guys i'm a packers fan so i threw that question out uh to bill about the uh the packers doing uh pretty good right now so uh, let's close things up with some news around i look at some college football stuff just looking as we like i said as we close up today's show 
as we were talking there with Bill, of course, he couldn't reveal who he voted for because Heisman Day are very uh, particular about that. But uh, I don't have a vote, so I'm going to tell you who I think should win, and that's Jaden Daniels. I mean, just look at the numbers, 72%. 3,812 yards, 40 touchdowns to four interceptions, over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, second the SEC in rushing, and just the numbers he put up. And a lot of people say, well, his team wasn't, you know, playing meaningful games the last couple weeks or whatever we'll say, which I think they're all meaningful. But anyways, if they had a defense, I thought that would build there. And the average defense, Jaden Daniels, is probably in the playoff discussion right now. Um Alabama game was close. They were in a shootout with them until he went out with the injury. Of course, the Florida State game early. Florida State's really the team that's done the best job against them all year in that very first game. Of course, you know, the Ole Miss game was good. They had a defense in that one. Ole Miss doesn't score 54 points. So we'll see. I think Jay Daniels should win it. You got Bo Nick, 77% this year. Over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, three interceptions, six rushing touchdowns. Didn't run him as much this year. Still got the six rushing touchdowns. Michael Penix, that's another one. One of the best passers. That's going to be fun watching Texas and Washington in the Sugar Bowl in the playoff. He has 66% on the year, 4,218 yards, 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State, 67 receptions, 1,211 yards, 14 touchdowns, 18.1. Uh, yards per catch this is a guy obviously is going to be a top five top 10 nfl draft pick so we'll see i i would rank them probably daniels nicks Penix, and harrison jr i just don't think there's any shot at harrison jr winning uh the award i wonder if some of these okay which let's have more than three let's have four people there threw him in there but uh, that's kind of how i see it going uh sec awards on wednesday Offensive player of the year, of course, no shot, goes to Jaden Daniels. Defense player of the year goes to Alabama's Dallas Turner. Special teams player of the year, Will Rockert, Alabama kicker. Freshman of the year, Caleb Downs, Alabama. Alabama had a good day today uh, when it comes to the awards. Uh, Scholar athlete of the year is quarterback at Missouri, Brady Cook. And then coach of the year, Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri. Ten wins for Missouri. Now, before this year, Drinkwitz hadn't had more than six wins there at Missouri. It really turned around. Electric offense, Brady Cook, Cody Schrader, Luther Burden. Defense had some issues at times, but the offense was great. I mean, they, they played well against Georgia, lost, what, 30-21 to 21 in that one. Um, had LSU, but Jay Daniels did his stuff. So, so that's your list of SEC awards from Wednesday. So Auburn News. Another Auburn defensive back has announced or accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. This time it is Jalen Simpson, who had four interceptions on the year, one of the best in the SEC at picking the ball off. Uh, he joins DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchard, who are going to the Senior Bowl, and that means more than likely going to the NFL. So I figure that's going to be a big part of Auburn's roster that's going to really need some, some help is the secondary because they had so many veterans seniors, juniors that are probably you know not going to be there next season. They're going to have to look and replace them. Also, Tidy and Tyler Fromm, he has entered the transfer portal. Some news over with the Florida State Seminoles. Wide receiver Johnny Wilson declared for the NFL draft. He will be skipping the Orange Bowl. Uh, some news around the SEC. We have a quarterback switching teams. Quarterback Brock Vandergriff out of Georgia. He will be transferring to Kentucky. 
Uh, he is a former five-star from 2021 uh, when he signed with Georgia. Of course, Georgia, uh, excuse me, Kentucky, they will be looking to replace Devin Leary, who was another big transfer portal get for them last season. Now they bring in Brock Vandergriff. A lot of people, you know, and I've you talked to Palmer Tiles and other people that cover Georgia. They uh, talk very high him going in. Of course, with Carson Beck coming back, he's looking, hey, I want to play. So this is kind of where we're at now, these quarterbacks. I mean, you know, you may have multiple five stars come in together, but eventually you just got to feel like somebody is going to transfer. I did talking about Georgia, man. Their 2024 schedule is going to be a tough one. Uh, let's look at it. Um, they'll open up the season against Clemson and Atlanta. Then they play Tennessee Tech. Then they will go to Kentucky, and then they will be off. Then they go to Alabama. So that that's I have a feeling to get past Clemson. A lot of people are going to be circling that uh, 928 matchup at Alabama. That's going to be a lot of fun. Then they will host Auburn the week after that. Then they'll have Mississippi State at home. Then on the 19th of October, they go to Texas. So uh, another fun matchup. Then they're off. Then they have the neutral site game at Jacksonville. World's largest outdoor cocktail party against Florida. Then they go to Ole Miss. That'll be another tough one. And they play Tennessee, UMass, and they close out with Georgia Tech. So Georgia's got some tough ones. I mean, you look at Clemson. You look at, at Alabama. Who knows Auburn could be better. Uh, you go to Texas, the Florida matchup at Ole Miss. So a lot of people – were critical of Georgia this year with their schedule. They will be doing that next year. If Georgia runs through just thing undefeated, they will deserve a number one ranking, which, of course, like I said, next year is a 12-team playoff. But what I look forward to, you see there's two buys there. That means we get 14 weeks, not 13 weeks like we did this year. We get 14 weeks of regular season college football. That means 15 weeks when you add the conference championship, and we'll just throw 16 weeks when we count week zero. So, we have a lot more weeks. Uh, it feels like one more week, but it's, it feels like a lot more next season in the regular season. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Be back next week on Tuesday. Got a big show's planned for Tuesday. I might drop a solo pod on Monday, recapping some college football stuff over the weekend. Uh, we'll see. At uh, Alabama and Auburn, they are in action in basketball this weekend too, so we'll probably jump into that as well. Anyways, I appreciate every single one of you checking out the show. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube to the Philip Jordan YouTube channel. Uh, check us out, wiregrassdailynews.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And check out On Network over at Last World College Football. Super 7 going on. Uh, let me touch on that a little bit on one of the shows next week, too, as well. Anyways, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Till next time. Bye-bye.